When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got the win this past Sunday, um, so, you know, we got a, a big, big week ahead of us with the Bengals, and so I'm just looking forward to, um, you know, continuing um, to practice and continuing to, to get ready for this game. So we've had a good week of practice, good day of practice today, and so uh, we know they're a tough opponent, so we just got to get ready for them. And of course, that's Alex Highsmith. He of the eight and a half sacks and a young man. Max, I know you agree with me. You could see star in this kid. Uh, last year you know what I mean the year before he always had that feeling this is a young man that has got some real building blocks to be becoming a complete player and we're seeing that emerge more and more each and every week yeah no he's he's definitely acquitting himself and doing all the things necessary right I mean you you say knock on wood um that that at this at by the end of the year this kid will be a a, a well into double sacks uh double digit sacks on the season and that that's when you're talking about growth that's the growth you want to see right when given this opportunity on this stage to be able to go out there and play at the level that he has it has done it has done it with with and without tj um so he can stand up on his own which is nice but he's only he's that much better when you have a tandem right? exactly and, and, and when the Steelers are at their best defensively, you've always known the tandems, right? You know, in my time, we had Joey Porter, Clark Hagans. Then you had James Harrison, Lamar Woodley right? Um, in my time. And so to be able to see those pairs, when you get those type of dominant pairs like that, it, it, it creates havoc for an offense because that's your edges, right? And your tackles are constantly on struggle. Now you have to have chips, so that throws off the timing. You've got to keep an extra guy in. That's one less guy in the route for the for the secondary to have to deal with. It just it, it starts to change and complicate how teams want to operate. Now think about this: put yourself in Jonah Williams' shoes. All right, you gave up three sacks to Alex Highsmith the last time you saw him. So what's your mindset now? Now you know. That Jonah wants to get some get back. You know you want a piece of this guy. Uh, you really want to dominate him, come back out. So put yourself in Jonah Williams' mind and, and tell me what you think. All right, Jonah Williams. Okay, so I have to be shorter, shorter <laughs> arms, smaller feet. 
<laughs> yeah, he's only 6'5", 3'12". That's all. Yeah, exactly. Once again, yeah, that's a little guy. It's a little guy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's not quite child. He's like teenage size. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you remember when I interviewed you back when you were a player and I finished off the interview yeah. by standing in front of you and going, yeah. yeah, to show you the different generations and eras. Yeah. <laughs> I, we at one yeah. time played the same position and you're looking down at the top of my bald head. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, and that, that, that's the thing. And I think, you know, tackles, even though some of them have gotten taller, Right. Um, we think, you know, the Mayaladas, Alejandro, Villanueva, still not the size, the width, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, of my era, you're talking about Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace, Walter Jones, Willie Rofe, right? Right. Uh, Willie, even Willie Anderson, who played for the Bengals. I mean, big mammoth human beings. It was a different era. It was a yes. different era. Bring on the beef was uh, was a common theme. But I think for Jonah, the biggest thing is it's it's got to be hand punching. Yeah. His punching – his punching is not disciplined. He tends to swoop, which what I mean by swoop, he tends to bring, you know, when he's coming back at his set, he's using his arms to gather momentum to get him backwards. Right. And so when you're doing that, you're naturally pushing your elbows back. But then when you're going to strike, it's it's like reaching around like a hula hoop. Hmm. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't come with tight hands and strike out right. from the chest going out. And so that's where, if I'm Jonah Williams, that's the first thing I need to do better. I have to be able to be more disciplined because, you know, if it's Alex Highsmith c- coming into me with a long arm stab, he's going to present a smaller surface area f- for me to strike. Yep. So that's why I have to be more precise because if I come around with that wide swooping, almost like bear hug style um, approach, like he's in my chest. I've now engaged him further into that's, my chest. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to cut you off, but that's what I was yeah. thinking this morning as I'm watching it. I'm watching Alex – all the time, Jonah keeps giving up huge amounts of yard or room in the bull rush. You know, however mm-hmm. he comes out of it, when you start pressuring him down the middle, he starts with that swooping. And when you swoop, one of the other things that happens with it is your weight goes backwards and you tend to get on your heels too fast. Yes. And so so that's when you're talking about combating what Alex, that's the first thing you have to do. Right. You have to get tighter hands because. Don't be a swooper. <laughs> don't be a swooper because you give up your numbers. You give right. up that framework of your inner body and the trunk controls the rest of the body. Like there's a reason why you say trunk and appendages, right? And no matter how big the appendages are, legs and arms um, all together, if you give away the trunk, you know, that's, that's like saying, I want to drive a car without a drivetrain. I need no chassis. <laughs> Well, what? How, how are you gonna? How are you gonna drive this thing? It's just wheels and a and a box. Yeah. After that, right? If right. you don't have the things that can steer the wheels, right? No steering wheel attached to this chassis, which controls those wheels. That's what he's giving up essentially. He's giving that space up. So, if he can work with independently moving his legs without the arms having to be a big factor of carrying him, then yeah, that's that's going to be an improvement. That's going to help you one half of the way the other half is going to be can you get your feet rooted you you spoke of it right when you use that hands you get on your heels yes you feel like you're going further you're going faster backwards but the problem is it's going faster backwards unstable so you have to be rooted and you have to kick and you have to almost you have to be in the midfoot right Mm -hmm. the arch of your foots your arch of your feet have to be planted and rooted in the ground in order to have a stable base and so 
I don't know if he can change that that fast because even just watching the game last week, like he hadn't learned it yet. No. And that's usually an off-season type of adjustment. So it's going to be, can I just fake it till I make it through this game? Right. And just kind of stay. But the problem is, if he does stay hunched over trying to eliminate, you know, the the what I call the cross-country skiers, right? It's like he has two ski poles in, yep. his, in his hands and he's trying to get momentum but going backwards. Yep. Um, now you start to lunge and guess what? Shoulders get over your knees. What does that do? Uh-huh. That now makes you unbalanced. Yep. And that's and that and that's where the hump move comes. Or the right? swim. The hump. You get forward or, yeah, like yeah, that. Hump, yeah, hump. Yeah, hump or the swim move <laughs> are are the next things that that come in that situation. Or even the dip in the rip. Yeah. You yep, know because a, yep. because you're gonna dip under and rip underneath into that, and he's so off balance. You're gonna you're gonna do almost like this kind of uh, it's like a half pirouette. Spinning like a turn style. Exactly. So, it, so it, it, yeah, there's a lot that Jonah Williams is going to have to do to clean that up, and that's one of the reasons why when they were going through revamping this offensive line, I was like, y'all didn't do anything in left tackle? No. Um, but, but, hey, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you because that's still advantage Highsmith uh, in those situations because I don't think he has those requisite tools yet. I mean, he can lean on you, right? If you catch him the right way, you break down, you break down the elbow on a long arm. He can lean on him for a couple of plays, but eventually Alex is, has more room in the bag. And then that spin move, right? Oh, yeah, that's – He's going to set you up for the spin move yes, once, you get, once you get those shoulders over those knees because you're going to lean outside when you're in that position. And guess what? Boom, inside's wide open. And then next thing you know, Jonah, Smith, Jonah, Jonah Williams is going to be like, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Where did he go? Oh, he's on top of my quarterback. All right, oh. next play, guys. <laughs> Nothing it. to let's see go. here. <laughs> Wrap it up. Let's go. Get back in the huddle. <laughs> it's back here where he's on the ground. You know where the huddle is. Don't act like that. Don't look at me funny. What was you go come do my job. You come do my job, and then you can, then you can talk about me. <laughs> what was the worst sack you ever gave up? Oh, God. Oh, man. Because I I, I can tell you, my first one against Randy White from the Cowboys, the Hall of Famer, Uh, I I don't even know where he went to. (laughs) To this this (laughs) day, I don't know where he went to. He was there, I punched, then he was gone, and I got air. I got completely ghosted. And I, 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 like, wallowed around. As I'm, as I'm turning around, and I'm like, somehow I ended up on the ground, and I got up just in time to see Randy spiking Bradshaw into the turf, and it was bad. Yeah. That was just that was so bad. And, and it's so crazy because I told you, you know, a couple weeks ago, I got I got to meet Randy White. We flew on a flight together, right, to, right, uh, right, to Baton Rouge. And yeah, exactly. And I sent you the picture. You're like, who is that? I'm like, well, this this, I this is even Randy recognize White. Him. Exactly. He, I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he almost had like you know the kind of Santa Claus look to him. Right. Um, you know, had a little beard. It was all white, and then he had these little round glasses. Almost, almost looked like a like a tenured college professor, right? <laughs> except for with, except for without the jacket with the patch with the with the patch of elbows, you know. Right. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, that's one of the things I look at, and I would say my worst sack. I probably well, it was. Pro- I I'll tell you what it was. It was it was a bad day. It was it was also a two sack day on that one. We've all had it that. Was <laughs> Derek Burgess oh. out out at um out in out in Philly? Oakland. Oh, no, was, oh, Bur- wait, wait, okay. wait, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Bur- no, Burgess w- was – he was in Philly for a okay. while. But this is the first year he got out to Oakland, and he was with Seymour and uh, Sapp. Oh, um, oh, and this is the game yeah. when Ben threw interceptions and stuff? Yes, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Derek Burgess was lining up in, like, a ghost 13 technique. I'm okay. not even going to say – I mean, he was he was in a three point stance over the slot to the wide side of the field. Like he that's was, how wide he was. He was almost on the practice field outside the stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was actually on the track getting ready for Olympic trials. Like I mean, that's how far away from a football field he was. But he took this wide angle, and I couldn't in my head process where the intersection point is. Right, because the wider the defender gets, the deeper and flatter your angle has to be yes. to create that intersection. Yeah. So. I, I tried setting out on a 45 the first sack and just got embarrassed. I barely touched him because he came from such a wide angle. Right. And it's like he angled himself to be right at 10 yards. So I was trying to figure out, well, him being at 10 yards where he thinks Ben's going to kind of be in that region, for me to find that intersection point is either you get there really, really flat and deep, but you realize you're right next to Ben. So his <laughs> momentum of running for about 20 yards – is going to no, – nothing I could do could stop that, no matter how big you are. But if I can cut off some of that steam, at least I give Ben some room to move around it. And, I, and at the time, I was at the right tackle position. I was like, he could see it. No, he did not see it. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he absolutely did not see it. No. And, I did not, and I did not put hands on him. Um, and then the second time I set, I set very flat, just came straight back. And I did what Jonah Williams did, right? Because I'm trying to get back right. fast. I was using my – I was pumping my arms back. And then by the time I got to him, I was mid-pump. So my hands were right next to my chest. Mm-hmm. And he collapsed before I yep. could get my extension. Because one of the biggest things I had to my advantage, I have really long arms. Yes, you do. So, But once you get in that position, I've taken away my advantage. And he has all the advantage because he has momentum and speed, and he also can see where the quarterback is, where I can't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so those are probably my two worst ones when I look at it, and it happened in the same game. Um, some of the other ones, I mean, effort, like like uh, Clay Matthews had another two-sack game that I gave up to Clay Matthews. Um, Clay just – he just never stopped. That was the problem. Yeah. Like, you'd run well, him on the hump. His dad and he'd was And he redirected, come back. Yeah. And, and so I was like, yeah, it's just straight motor. Like, if I don't figure out a way to chop him and get him to the ground, like that, it was just, it was going to be, you know, a sack regardless because he was just going to whirling dervish me until he got to Ben. And that was bad. And you have to remember, this is also five to six second hold the ball, yes. move around, shed a, shed a tackle, come back around, use the other side type Ben. It was like, it was like, it's like, just get rid of the ball. <laughs> just get rid of the ball. <laughs> Please. And throw then, of course. It. After I leave and, and, and when he's hitting his double-digit years of experience, he's now getting the ball out like two and a half seconds. I was like, where was this for nine years? Where was this? <laughs> could have used this a little while could've ago. Used, I, I mean, this could have helped me out. Maybe, maybe I would have made a Pro Bowl like some of, you know, Tom Brady's guys that were going to Pro Bowls because they didn't even have to touch the guy. The ball was gone. I'm like, I'm having to hold on for dear life, and I'm asking for like side-view mirrors in my helmet. Just to see where you're at. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. I got him a beeper. Something that beeps in my helmet, you know, that lets me know you're nearby. Exactly. Yeah, just left ear, right ear, right? Is he closer to the right inside so I need to stay stouter here? Or to the outside I could just flush him out or not? You know, just just something. Or, or just a just a little like horn, like, okay, all right, he's he's close. He's close, guys. <laughs> exactly. Get stout. Get stout. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Now, yeah. Now let me let me let me just throw this at you. 
we got to go back to Minka because I, I I forgot that we never really covered what I wanted to cover with Minka. And one of the things that I wanted to cover was the issue of, you know, he's back to practice just five days out of surgery. Um, but, you know, you, you wonder because that's your core. You know, it's not like he doesn't have a lot of padding kind of like you and I do. We got natural padding because, you know, we're hogs, right? Buffer pad. Yeah, buffer we got pad. buffer pads. So we got buffer pads. So in the event of an appendectomy, we got a little, little cushion like uh, to guard – the core area, but not Minka. Yeah. Minka's pretty slim, you know? Um, yes. You look at that, and then I'm going, you know, he was just upgraded to full practice, but the problem is there's no there's no padded practices. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. real way. I don't know how to – having never had an appendectomy, I don't know what it feels like. And you just wonder what are yeah. the ramifications of it. I know he wants to play. I know that Mike Tomlin is talking to him and saying, hey, it's it's got to be something you got to be completely honest with us because we need to know where you're at. You know, you can't sit there and say, gee, I feel good, and you know in your mind you're only 90%. You know what I mean? That's a difficult choice that Minka's got to make. It is. I'll take his 90%, though. Yeah, I would too. I'll take, I'll take, I'll frankly. Take that, that, that just means it's an interception without, without returning it for a touchdown. That's <laughs> there you go. 90 to 100. You know, he gets to the 10. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just great field position. Yeah, no that, problem. That, you know, you're, you know, hey, that, that's being a good teammate, right? You allow your offense to get to pad the stats a little bit. Uh, we, yeah, but, no, um, yeah, you absolutely have to. I mean, you know, I was going to make some funny joke about, uh, you know, mm. well, you just super glue along the seams, you know, and you'll be fine, right? It, <laughs> yeah, it, right. It can't, it can't tear from there. But, no, I, I think one of the biggest things – you're obviously you're you're gonna you're gonna patch that up wherever the incision point was, right? And that's the one thing I don't know because, like you said, like you, I've never had an appendectomy, so I'm trying to think. I want to say it's on front, it's on front side. It's where the where liver is, the, or somewhere like on the right hand side by the in by the ribs or something. Somewhere, yeah. Okay, no, it's I in there. So. It. I, haven't t- I haven't taken anatomy your in over wife, twenty years. Hey, so. Your wife is a doctor, okay? Should yeah, but it's, I'm not. She's not reading me bedtime stories of the human anatomy. <laughs> I mean, either. I mean, there's books upstairs. I mean, if you want me to get off the headsets and go run and find the book to give you a uh, diagram, yes, okay. I I know where those are. But uh, yeah, I'm not reading it. It's like, oh, you know what? I had some light reading today. No, it was only. It was, I'm reading about uh, epidectomy, son. It was only the epi- the endocrine system, guys. Don't worry about it. Nothing big. Just light reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so so I think one of the biggest things you, you'll obviously gauze and pat it just in case there is some type of right. bleeding over the stitched area, and then you you remember, they have that blue foam. You remember the blue foam? It's no. like memory foam. So there's this blue foam foam that they use. Like they, they so a lot of times they put it on guys that have any type of like shoulder issues. Okay. Um, so you'll put like your um your t-shirt, your dry fit t-shirt on underneath okay. your pads. And then they'll put this. This one side is actually adhesive. You put that. You kind of you you can cut it out. You can form it yourself, and you cut and you put it on the shoulder, and then you put your pads over it, right? So it almost acts as a shock absorber. Oh no, kidding! Um, so you could probably do a cutout of that over that area once you put your whatever shirt you're going to wear a covering um, mm-hmm. over it. It's going to be cold, so it's probably going to be one of the um, what what are those uh, uh, like the, you know the, the thick the thicker knit. Like uh, the, like the like the um, long turtlenecks. No, well, not yeah. Essentially, a lo- a ther- the thermal dry thermal, fit yeah. like long johns, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. So you know, but guys usually cut the sleeves off. He might actually wear sleeves. I think I think make it wear sleeves. So you would just put it there, and then you'd put that over that area, okay. and then 
roll your pads down, you know, roll your jersey over. It says it's not going to be in a padded area. Or you or you can wear the rib guard, you know, that quarterbacks wear. Oh, yeah, that's true. You could wear that to protect the, uh, the girdle region um, a little bit better. So, I mean, I think those are the options if he is going to play. That's probably what you're going to do just to minimize some of that because, like you said, there is no padded practice um, where you can get a ding and see how you react to it. Right. So the best thing is going to be to protect it as much as possible um, to prevent, like, a direct hit that could bust a stitch. Mm. That's, I want, yeah. yeah, and will the stitches be healed enough? That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah, a question no, I mean, for, uh, once again – Weapon X. Yeah. Weapon X. There we go. Just super regenerative. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to step aside. Weapon and, X uh, wouldn't. He'd just, just forage on here, man. <laughs> that That's right. But, you know, uh, our sponsors think differently. They don't want us Weapon Xing it. They want us to, you know, slow play it. So there you go. We're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to step aside, but come back. Continue with the breakdown. The Cincinnati Bungles. There we go. I just I got it out there. You I had to get it out of my system before we got to game day. That's so good. I can actually be professional. Um, and enunciate my words. Um, when we come back here in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas here on ESPN SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ball is down. The kick is on. It's blocked. Kick is blocked. Micah Fitzpatrick blocked the kick. And we have a tie game with two seconds left. Oh, Max, do you remember that moment? Obviously, I was just reminded of that moment because I couldn't keep my big yapper shut while Billy's making the call. (laughs) But it was chaos. It was awesome as Micah saves the day right at the end there. Yeah, no, that was actually one of the things I'm glad we brought up because I was like, not only does this guy have a pick six in this in this game, but then he comes through with the monster block. And, you know, that was just one of the things when we're talking about why do you need Minka Fitzpatrick in this game, it's because of stuff like that. Right. Right. He makes the uncommon common. It makes it feel like he was you're expecting him to do that. Like that's what Minka brings to this. And that's just like TJ, like you said, what TJ Watt means to the front, he means to the back. And those two in tandem on the same field together, it's problems for a lot of people. And when you have to adjust and you lose one of those guys, you know, people have to pick up a lot of slack. And, and, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm hoping that we can get that full complement and we can somewhat recreate at least half of what we did uh, in week one against the Bengals. You know, I look at this trifecta of wide receivers uh, from T. Higgins standing 6'4", 220, to Tyler Boyd, 6'2", over 200, and Jamar Chase, 6 foot. But you look at them, all three are over 500 receiving yards. Jamar Chase, number one at 605, and then number two is you got um, you got uh, T. Higgins at 564, and then you got Tyler Boyd at 537. But – in average, you got Jamar Chase uh, at number three at 12.8. Then you got uh, T. Higgins averaging 13.7, but you got Tyler Boyd averaging 14.5. I mean, Gadzooks, it's like, you know, you look at any one of these guys and they are they can be game changers in and of themselves, but all three together, it just seems like something that is so huge. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, 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 it is a huge, I would say, opportunity. I, yes. I think I think that's probably the best way to look at it. It's, it's a huge opportunity, and like the Bengals, I get they have a better record than us right now, right, Wolf? Right. Um, yep. but man, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I necessarily see that much growth of them from week one to where they're at right now in week eleventh. I think the matchups have just favored them and they've kind of endured it. Like they've just hit the right things at the right moments that has allowed them to kind of prevail. But I feel like we're in such a better place than where we were week one, um, especially offensively. Right. Right. Um, I feel like we, because we, we couldn't move the ball against them. Like it took some, it took those interceptions and getting good field position for us to really capitalize. Whereas I feel like we can actually drive the field and actually score now. Yep, and I think that makes us that much da- more dangerous. Um, now, obviously, we still have our own issues. Listen, I'm not sitting here saying that this is a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination, no. but I will say this: when I look at their secondary, I, you know, I know I know Von Bell is still awesome. He's leading the team in interceptions and everything, but I just I don't know how I feel that 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 they're actually you know a different squad like where you're like oh my gosh this is just so dramatically different I feel like if we play our game plan that we can actually affect them and actually make this a very competitive game um the records kind of shy away from it and obviously that's why we got flexed out of the Sunday night football game right but I mean I'm looking at I'm like I feel like you know this matchup makes us look like what they switched us out for right the Kansas City LA Chargers game except for their records are just better but when it comes down to like matchups, when you're looking at man to man, I don't see there's a big glaring disadvantage to us. I feel like we have more advantages than they do, um, because yes, they have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst, and Tyler Boyd. Right, those are your four receiver, your top four receivers. But I feel like we match up well personnel wise with them. I mean, you might give a slight advantage to Jamar Chase just depending on if he draws Cam or Levi. Right. Um, and that's of course going to be one of the one of the critical, I think, skill matchups in this Super game. Super critical, but, yes. But but in the interior, I'm like because I've like because Kevin Dotson now is just he's a he's a power guy, so I feel like he neutralizes either BJ or DJ, right? right. If either one of those guys play or Josh Tupo, and and, and let me let okay, me ask you real quick. Um, because do you see this in the in the twelve personnel? You're going to see all three of those beef eaters out there. You know they literally play some form. It's like a double eagle, almost a version of the bear. You know what I mean? You got a yeah. guy. You know because they'll play they'll play that that three technique with different shades, whether it's a four or three, what have you. You know, different inside eye, outside eye type of thing. But they'll offset according to the strength. But the 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 fact is, you got three of those beef eaters that. As Bob Labriola says, there's so much fat rubbing up against each other down there, it could start a grease fire. Yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> uh, that that is, geez, you you are here with, for the Nuggets today. I love it. I love that um, one. Oh, Labs, that, that's just a great one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think it really has to has to come come down to. I'm looking at how they're going to be if they if they if we go into 12 because we don't necessarily run as much out of 12 right. i think it's a 12 hybrid that looks like looks like a 21 
Um, and I think if you get that, you take you take that third man out, third big guy out. If you run it as like a twenty-one type personnel, mm-hmm. um, where you have what we call two backs and one tight end. You got um, flex. Yeah, that flex guy that kind of hangs as a wing. Yeah, kind of motions. Um, then you get more base personnel, which I think you have to kind of stay in that, especially if DJ Reader is activated, if he is available to play. You want you want to get just two beef eaters on it because I think yeah. yeah once you do that you're almost saying we got to run outside edge yeah and now you're running two Hendrickson you're running two Sam Hubbard in a lot of those instances and I they they do a really good job we'll say this they do a really good job of, of setting the edge and even though Dan Moore you know Dan's working through his things and Chooks is solid mm-hmm. I think you can't rely on that you need to create something to where you have the advantage and you have a good looking box which means you need to have seven guys in that box. You don't want the eighth guy in that box, right. which that's what it would bring. It would bring a big guy, an extra big in is the way that they substitute um, defensively. So I would love to see it that way. I think that's how you kind of have to do it. You can't just line up with two tights unless you go into a passing situation, right, right. where you got Gentry and Fryermuth, and both of them are doing some stuff in the middle to kind of neutralize the backers from coming downhill. Um, and then now you can hit something possibly – deep and across the middle or run some type of uh, twins concept, which means two receivers on one side and they run some type of rub X route um, on that with a curl and an option. But now, now I'm getting too technical, but yeah. I think, yeah, you, the biggest thing is you want to eliminate that by not putting two tight ends on the line of scrimmage on opposite sides. Yes. And make I, I would imagine. Look. I, I was hoping that, you know, because I've always been hoping it would increase the role of the 12 personnel, you know, but then I, yeah. I was looking at last night and this morning, I'm like going, well, this probably isn't the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, this is this isn't the game. This isn't this, the game this, to feel really good about. This isn't the game yeah, that you really want to do. Yeah. That. That's not that's not pull any you know more what? human pachyderms into the middle of the, of the <clears throat> field there and and clog it all up. Look, this is a, next week works fine. Next yeah. week works fine. <laughs> we'll be good. But use it for the Colts. Use it for the Colts. No need. No need to unveil it too soon. <laughs> two things that I really would love to see that uh, if if Matt Cannon would come along. Number one. A little more play action under center for Kenny. But stay with the screens. Those screens are so close to popping. Oh, my goodness. You watch those screens. You are one to one and a half blocks away from some big runs after the catch. And, well, of course, you got to stay on sides, too. That would help. You know, that's like the RPO stuff, though. But on some of the screens, you know, if they just get that one block, man, the guy can go. I hope I, yeah. I, this would be nice a nice time to unpack some screens. Yeah, no, it would be. Um, that that's what that's what I think could really get them. And I would even say a lot of the tight end and delayed um, running back screens, mm-hmm. like in like just off tackle side, not the not the wide wide receiver esque ones. You know that with no, that, yeah, when that we've run as numbers. of late. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not we're not, not those. Not talking about those screens. No. Uh, I'm talking about like the tight end delay where he blocks, right? And the tackle absorbs, comes up field. Guy kind of pops right there in that B gap, and then you let your center and your guard kind of kind of work together as a moving wall behind him. Yeah. Or just your traditional running back screen where guard, guard and center, and then backside guard get out, and now you're heading towards the numbers with the running back, but you're taking it you're taking it from a position where he's throwing the screen in the backfield. Like, those are the ones I think could be really effective against them because they do want to apply pressure, right? They do want to blow through gaps. 
when it's passing situations. So if you can work on dumping it over the top, and I feel like Kenny does a great job of really selling mm-hmm. and attracting that attention, and uh, I think he has, he has he has some good touch off that. So, yeah, I would love to see some more screens implemented into this. I think this is a team that you can definitely screen on. Um, you know, set, New Orleans, I wouldn't I, I would say was not as much. No. Uh, because of the athleticism of their of their defensive line, right? But this team, because you got those bigger bodies, right, slower guys. Now you can take advantage of the middle if you can get the moving wall going. Well, here's the thing: you know those aircraft carriers that take a while to turn around. You know, you yes, get, they if do. You get those and they big... don't jump well. They don't jump well either. <laughs> Just want to let you know that they don't jump well. How about they don't jump at all? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, listen, listen. I was trying to be. I was trying to be nice, Wolf. You know, you know. I know they fall says, heavy. Right? You can't say anything nice. You know, don't say anything at all. So I tried to compliment. <laughs> um, you just fall heavy, but, brother. You know. Yeah, exactly. Let me, like let me throw a couple of things forest, at, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> let me throw a couple things that, that worried me as I'm watching the tape. Okay. Um, number one is whenever I see man cover and you and they give him a cushion. T. Higgins just they go back shoulder throw. That's tough to stop. That's tough to stop. Yeah. That guy's six five. He's like he's he's like uh George Pickens with experience. You know what I mean? This guy T. Higgins is really I think amongst the, I, I know that Jamar Chase is a long ball threat. He's you know, he gets deeper and, and, and goes, you know, long ball like crazy. But T. Higgins to me seems like even harder to guard just because of his athleticism and his size. Yeah, I mean, and, and that and that's where you kind of have to go more with a, you know, if you are getting those situations where you are in man, I mean, almost has to it almost has to be, you know, almost like an invert cover two. Mm-hmm. Um, so invert cover what invert cover two does right is you show man on the outside with a cushion right because it's right. quote unquote looking like zone, and you're playing off. The, so the, so essentially the corners back up but the safeties come down and underneath. So it almost creates like a bracket. So think about like two V's, right? If you're thinking about the safeties are sitting at both hashes, mm-hmm. they're going to come down and outside in front of the receiver, whereas the, the cornerbacks are backing off up into the middle to, to play the safety position. So that's what we call invert. Um, that's almost what you kind of have to do, right? You're and try and catch to. it yeah. as those mesh points and hope that Joe's releasing it as that safety's breaking down. Not to mention um, uh, maybe Alex or TJ drilling him as he's throwing it. I mean, well, yes. I mean, that's obviously the perfect world. <laughs> I mean, since we're, go- we're no, going like, uh, okay, we want to drop I, yeah. this coverage that's absolutely perfect for this. Plus, we, well, why stop there? Let's let's keep going. Exactly. You know, and, and then, of course, Miles Jack plays the curl flat zone to, to worry about him not dumping it to Joe Mixon. I mean, yes, that's absolutely. Okay, that was number two. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same track those swing yeah. passes to joe mixon when they back off into cover you know into zone coverage and you got all that flat area that's a lot for the linebackers to be able to make up when you got a guy like mixon out in the open exactly and got but that also means guys have to be clean as well right because when the yep. swing passes happen yeah the lane for the linebacker to make that beeline has to be clear um and especially if you draw, if you if you happen to scheme it offensively to where it's like Robert Spillane, right? You know, if yep. Spillane gets the Joe Mixon duty, and because of the motion, Miles Jack is now backing off into into the slot area, right? He's playing off the edge of the, where the tight end might be or the slot might be. 
to the offside, that's when you're like even more apparent you need that lane to be clear. And you hope that, you know, Joe Mixon does not show a block first because that would lead to a green dog, which means the right. linebacker feels like he needs to fire in that moment. And then he jumps behind him on a swing pass. Yeah. So that's where the eye discipline, understanding <laughs> the concepts has to be really, really that's tough. That's a lot of green out there, brother. <laughs> it is a lot of green. And Joe, like I said, and Joe Mixon with a head of steam yeah. is boom. It, that, 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 that's rough. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. so funny you and I are thinking the same thing. I, it should worry you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, listen, listen. My brain, my brain, my brain is crazy. But when it gets to football, I, I can lock in. I can lock in, Wolf. I promise. I, but you know what? I can't lock in. What's I can't that? lock in this break time until right now. Okay. But we, I'm consistently two minutes off the break counter. So it, it, it means that means well, that's because we you're, you're in Phoenix. Because you, you, you know, it is. You're it a is. Hours you know, we're not. Us. We're not looking. We're not looking at each other. That's that's what it is. But uh. But now we're going to step aside one last time. The bell lap coming up next. We're going to put a bow on this. I also want to bring up, Wolf, just a couple of the, of the statistics so people are aware of those, of oh, yeah. where the Steelers and the Bengals stand as far as rankings um, and what they do. Uh, to, finish this, to finish up this Friday edition of The Locker Room, here with Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. We'll be back in a moment. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. We've got some stats, Max. we got to get to it because we've shorted ourselves here as we've been going through this. So you got some stats. Hit me with the stats. Well, I just want to point this out. The uh, the Bengals are actually scoring about 25.3 points per game, whereas our Steelers are now bumped up to 15.6, Wolf. There we go. We're getting we're, better. We're getting, we're getting closer. <laughs> um, you know, offensively, they're only putting up 361 yards a game to our 308, roughly. So, I mean, we're starting to see it. I mean, we were, we were, we were poor below that uh, before, but over the last couple of weeks – really increased on those numbers. The defense is giving up 20.6, so we should be able to hit our average. Our defense is now coming down, uh, now at three, 300, uh, sorry, 23 points apiece. De- defense is giving up about 371 um, for our side, and their defense is giving up 324. You know, the, the big thing is, for me, defensively speaking, we're only giving up a little over 100 yards rushing, um, you know, on the ground. And uh, that's that's going to be important. Uh, they've they've increased their play defensively speaking against the run. That you know week in week out, uh, just kind of getting better and better. And last week was such a big bonanza against the Saints. Now they got to do the same thing against a guy Joe Mixon. He's put up what 100, 153 and four TDs or something a week or so ago or two weeks ago. Yeah. I can't remember which it is. All I know is the dude. We we know what he can do. I mean, you know this guy has got the ability to get outside, to, to, to run inside, all those things, catch the ball, and so forth. Um, it's going to be gap control and make sure that you control the line of scrimmage, just like he did this past weekend. Absolutely, yeah, because Joe Mix is coming in about 3.9 yards uh, per rush, and that's where you kind of have to – you have to chip away at him, right? Because if he's hitting his average um, – that's putting you at third and shorts, and that's a very manageable to keep drives alive. 
Um, so, you know, we have to be on our screws. And that's why I said reestablish, you know, create a new line of scrimmage that's right. in the backfield to, uh, to, to, to work on whittling down that number. Because I think if you can get him to where he's right around 3.0 per or less – um, which is going to be a tough task, right? Because if you break one big play, that kind of throws your average out the whack. But as long as you keep everything in front of you and guys don't slide past you, you don't stay blocked or stay attached, as Coach Mitch would say, um, you know, I think that can go a long way with really changing it because when you look at it on the other side, I mean, Joe Burrow, um, he had six interceptions. Obviously, we had a bulk of those at the beginning right. of, uh, of the year. But throwing 18 touchdowns yeah. uh, you know and also that span so you're talking about a three to one touchdown to interception ratio for a 102.6 uh passer rating on average looking really good whereas kenny kenny's in his mode he hasn't played all season but you know two to eight is never where you want to be but had a clean sheet last week and i wanted to see continue to build on on that first number, that TD number, right. um, and keep and keep that interception number stagnant. He's sitting at a passer rating of about sixty-eight point eight. Uh, getting better, though. I will point getting that better. out. That's Think about the, the second was. half. Yeah. He was at ninety-six. You know, he upped yes. his game, and I, I just look for con- you know this this continual improvement. Here's I think in a nugget to me though. Right now, Joe Burrow, despite all his greatness, he's still been sacked 30 times. And, yes, the offensive line has gotten a little bit better. Uh, they cleaned up their act a little bit, but they gave up 13 sacks in the first two weeks. That still leaves 17 over the last seven weeks. That's almost that's almost getting to three sacks a game, two, two sacks a game. Hey, it's still there to be had is what I'm saying. No, it's still there to be had, and, and I think we can we could definitely work on that as well. Um as, as a defensive unit to, to create that uncertainty. I want to see that eight grow a little bit um, by the end. Remember, not to 12 because he didn't <laughs> promise four interceptions. That's right. But he could get to a solid double digit and still not be a liar. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what we're hoping. Hey, we'll take one. Can I'll take one. Things that, once again, I'm not trying to be greedy. <laughs> anything, anything more than zero, I'm here for it because I think that just – you have to be able to steal a possession against a team like this, yes. right? Yeah. And, you know, they already come in with a little bit of cachet because this is the team that won the AFC. They're the reigning AFC champion right now. So, you know, target firmly planted on their backside, and we are aiming for it, and we want to kick it, not yes. not punch it. We want to kick it. And, and, and once again, be able to provide them with the broom that they so aptly provided us a year ago. Let's not forget about that. They swept us a year ago. We have an opportunity to potentially sweep them, and no better place to do it than an Acrisure at 4.25 p.m. on a Sunday. I like what you're yeah. thinking. Exactamundo. And so so I think, I think you know, looking at this, I think there there is a challenge, but there's also opportunity um, when we're looking there at There is. One final factor, is. my man. We got to control the time of possession like we did last week. Good things happen when you control the ball. You know what I mean? Almost 40 oh, minutes last week. The defense, they could have been roasting marshmallows on the sidelines with some of the heaters. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. You know what we're going to do? I, I'm going to figure out how I can uh, roast some marshmallows on the sidelines <laughs> this Sunday since I'll be out in the elements and you'll be up in the comfortable booth with snacks and drinks and all that good stuff. And I'll be freezing trying to find me a room temperature water. All I can was, say is, is – the, this is one of those moments when it's good to be me. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And, hey, but here's the thing. 
IMU before two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, yes. so I technically, I feel like I, I feel like I'm being you, but I'm in the in the paying dues part of it. No, <laughs> but I digress. It's been a fun week, a fun show, Wolf. Obviously, yes. next week we'll have a shortened week because of the Thanksgiving and the giving of thanks um, and the holidays. Oh yeah. But I can't wait for this game this weekend. I'll see you at the ball yard and Wesley. And then, of course, all of Steelers Nation, thank you guys for listening to the show today. Remember, if you miss any of the show, you can feel free to go download it on the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you get podcasts. They're all there, along with the entire lineup of SNR shows. Blitz, Standard, Game Day, don't forget about that on Sunday. Godfather's there twice a week, and also West with the Steelers Week in Review. We love you guys. Go Steelers, and see you on, talk to you on Monday. Do or do not. There is no try. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.